very uh, good to join you all and, um, and, and be able to kind of walk with you all to this morning with our good news and, and what we hear in our lessons today. Uh, but I, this morning I was having a conversation with someone about um, uh, those events that are very traumatic. Uh, I think like uh, one of those is giving birth. I, I, I seem to not remember anything from the first like month after when Sophia was born. You know, people will ask, and, and I don't know about you all, that's, if you've, if you've uh, been in a similar situation about with a traumatic event, you just, everything seems like a blur. It's kind of just like uh, all kind of mixed in together and you're trying to figure out like exactly what is it that happened. And so I'm gonna share a short story with you. Well, I hope it's short. Um, <laughs> if it's not, just let me know and be like, gotta go to lunch or brunch um, but as I share it I do ask that I for, ask your that you forgive me if I don't recall them uh, the facts accurately it was passed down to me orally and so I just want to share it and if it doesn't sound right or if some of the facts are like a little you know make you wonder definitely google it and then let me know but it's the 1980s in El Salvador it's this tiny little country has anybody heard of it <laughs> it's a tiny little country, and, um, and it was the Civil Wars during that time, and you all have probably heard about it from, from, from you know, Hannah has a very close connection, and I do too, uh, but also here we celebrate the feast of, uh, of Archbishop Oscar Romero, so you've heard him uh, mentioned here, or maybe outside of this uh, community as well, well, it is March when he is killed while celebrating Mass for, uh, for calling out the corruption and what's happening in El Salvador at that time. So there's this 20-year-old young man, uh, and, and this has happened. Uh, the Archbishop was killed, and he, is, he lives in this, uh, the, the young man lives in a tiny little town called Poloros. And, and so, because it's so small and so rural and so far from the major cities, but the major cities, he doesn't think that the, the political issues going on at that very moment will have an impact, uh, you know, or for this community, but he was wrong. He noticed that at this point, people, you didn't know who was the good guy. The, the guerrilla or the guerrillas were involved, but so was the, the government um, of El Salvador, and so you weren't aware who was who at the time. And you could be traveling by bus, and, and they would stop the bus, and they would bring people out, and kind of some would make it back on the bus and go on their way, and some would not. Um, and so this young man decided that uh, it was not safe. He, there was no food, there was no opportunities for, for work, and decided that he needed to go um, up north, al norte, and that was the US, and uh, he decided he would just go with people he had met, borrowed money from uh, someone that would lend him some so that he could pay his way here. Uh, and of course, but not, you know, not by air, but traveling by land. And so uh, made it to Houston. And, and, and as things started to change, there was a, um, the, the war in El Salvador continued up until I think, I believe the 1990s. Uh, and so 
By this time, he had come to the U.S., started a family, talked about what had happened, and, uh, and really trying to figure out uh, what it meant to leave El Salvador and leave everything behind, including his family and everything he had ever known, right? So, and as I was having this conversation and asking, and my dad, actually, this is my dad who I'm talking about, when, when, uh, when I asked him, you know, at 20 years old, I wasn't worried about that. I was not worried about what it meant to survive. Um, I wasn't worried about being pulled out of a bus and not going back on the bus or making it to where I'm going. And, uh, and, and this, this uh, topic always comes up for me because I know that a lot of us, uh, we stand in different places when it comes to immigration. And so uh, having this conversation with my dad has helped me to really see uh, the, the, the kind of faith that uh, he has. You know, he just said, I knew it couldn't get any worse there. Um, you know, I knew that any worse here if he came here because it was so bad back at home. Um, he didn't know he'd ever be able to go back. Um, the, the goodbye was, was a forever goodbye at that time. Fortunately, um, things changed for my parents and they were able to adjust their legal status and whatnot, but, but for some time it was uncertain. There was no guarantee that they would ever go back to El Salvador because of everything that was going on. Uh, and again, you know, the, the, uh, you just didn't know who, who was on what side and the risk was too high. Uh, and so I asked my dad, well, why did you come? And, uh, you know, obvious reasons, right? He's like, well, I was trying to survive. I wanted to live. Uh, and I said, okay, well, um, but how did you, why did, what made you think that it would be better He's like, well, I believe that God had something. And I, I knew that I needed to trust God. Um, and I couldn't do it on my own. And, and that's what we're doing. And so uh, now as I look back and I think of how our, our lessons and we find the good news in all of this. And I think of, you know, our, 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 the letter to the Hebrews today. Uh, the, the anonymous author of this letter is speaking to a group of people that obviously... Are, are in having difficult, it's a difficult time for them, right? If he is having to remind them, you know, he's going back to the Old Testament and saying, um, and in the verses that we are, did not include, verses 4 through 7, it also gives individual examples of Noah and the ark. And, but here in today's uh, lesson, and, and it's like, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance and set out not knowing where he was going. By faith he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob. And so we hear these examples from the Old Testament being brought in to this community because obviously this community was struggling and having a difficult time for whatever reason. We don't know exactly what, what was happening that very moment, but if the author is having to go back to the Old Testament and tell them, look, Abraham, God had promised to Abraham this, right? So I, I, for me, that's where I find some of the hope for us today as well, as we start to think of how we figure that, how we make that connection, that people were in our similar circumstances, similar, similar uh, situations, Maybe or maybe we're not. I, I, I do feel sometimes um, like this group of people that was uh, written, this letter was written for. I need that reminder. 
And maybe you have your own story of leaving or your own story of faith, this faith that that carried you through a difficult time, a difficult moment. And so as we prepare today to figure out and wrestle with the Bible and Scripture, I invite you to to think of that, the diversity in our own uh, faith experiences. And so I remember growing up, my dad would always say, you know, the only thing that you have, the only responsibility that I have for you is to go to school. I did not have that opportunity. So, you know, this is, I came to this country, and my hope is that you will take advantage of that. Take advantage of, of being able to do that without fear of, of not making it to school, you know? Um, and then I realized, but today there is a fear about going to school. Just two and a half months ago, we, we, we still, we remember, we, we do this memorial outside, we, we do these origami peace cranes to remember people who have died in school and who have died because of gun violence. And, and so whenever I, I wrestled with this scripture and try to connect this story of, of, of faith uh, that my dad had coming to this country, but also wrestling with the idea of teachers going back to school and wondering how safe we actually are. Uh, and I'm reminded of the gospel today where Jesus said to his disciples, do not be afraid, little flock. Do not be afraid, little flock. So as our summer starts to wrap up and as you all start to either going back to to work if you're working or to routines or school routines with family members or you had grandkids over visiting or uh, you're sending your own children to school you're just praying for students or teachers or custodial staff uh, maybe there's a lot of anxiety a lot of fear in that i think that our lessons today remind us that it is okay to, to have a little fear. That it's, it's fickle, right? Is that, is that a good word to use? Fickle faith sometimes. Um, because Jesus came and died and rose again so that we would have that. We would be allowed that. Right? So that we would have access to, it, to that, to that um, opportunity. Because the Bible also in Scripture tells us, right, that if uh, we have faith as small and tiny as, what is that? Mustard seed. Mustard seed, right? Yeah. And so my, my, my invitation to you this morning is not to, to tell you, do not be afraid, because then I would be lying to myself and I would be lying to you. Um, but my invitation is for you to think about what are those things that you are afraid of today and to think about how those, those fears also take away from moments of joy, moments of experiencing love and of the moments of experiencing grace. Because my dad could have chosen to stay in his really, really depressing um, these really sad moments of coming to the U.S. and, 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 and just not made it out of that. Um, but his faith carried him through. 
And maybe you identify some way, one way or another, and, and you can pinpoint specifically, and I can too, I, I really can. I can tell you about Sophia, but I, I've used that a lot, and so I was like, oh, let me change it up a little bit, you know? Um, yeah, I'm, I know they're excited that, that I'm a mom, but yeah, you know, let's... And so I, I know that I can pinpoint a time when my faith was fickle, where I thought, Lord, what are you doing? Um, what is going on here? And, 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 and really trusting and listening to Jesus saying, do not be afraid. So that is my invitation. In this chapter alone, chapter 11, I, as I was preparing, I found out that the word faith is used 26 times. So I think that tells us how important this is, right? So I invite you to go and, and sit with this and, and meditate and ask yourselves where you find or where you identify with, with our lessons. And I will end with our, with the first, um, with our first verses of, of our lesson this morning from Hebrews. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. I invite you to start thinking of how fear sometimes takes away from those joyful moments. In the midst of everything happening, I also invite you to take action and find ways to respond, as you, a lot of you are already doing here. Amen.